I got to tell you, I didn't do a very good job this morning conveying the essence of Optimism Wednesday. This is Wednesday. We do Optimism Wednesday. We want to be positive, and I need to remind myself sometimes to be positive. It, it, because Look, where are we? The Colts didn't make the playoffs. The Hoosiers aren't going to make the NCAA tournament. It's impossible. You know, so, so being positive, really, you need that reminder. You need a daily like, here, what are we doing? Optimism Wednesday. All right, it's Wednesday. Let's go. That's what we're doing today. We're getting optimistic about Indiana and about the Colts. And the book I held up, the book is called Switch, How to Change When Change is Hard. This is a good book, Chip Heath and Dan Heath. Awesome. Really, really good. How to Change When Change is Hard. Here's the deal with change. The pain of change must outweigh or must be outweighed by the pain of staying the same. Or change can't occur. The pain of the status quo must be so acute that change is required. And I think that that's where Indiana basketball is. And I think that's what's going to determine whether Mike Woodson winds up being successful or a failure in his role as a head coach, the architect of the Indiana University basketball program. We're going to talk about this in ways in which Woodson can kind of chart a different course and bring about a different result, which is what we're looking for, right? And that's why I'm not worried about Derek Queen not coming to Indiana. What are you kidding? We need another five-star guy like we need a hole in our head. We need a guy who wants to get to the NBA in the next year. Like, what? It's not a lack of talent causing problems at Indiana. That's not that we need more talent. We need more five-star guys. Who's saying that? Anybody? If anybody says that within the walls of the coaches' like area, when they sit in a conference room and they decide how the hell they're going to go about putting together that roster, anybody who says that, we need more talent, fire their ass now. Don't wait. No waiting. You're fired. Goodbye. Anybody says that. What you need are guys who know how to play the game. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about the Colts, too. Colts, they got to change the way they go about building their roster, and I'll be real specific about that. And we'll talk about the money that's being allocated toward the offensive line and toward the defensive line as compared to the rest of the team. And really, some of the numbers are simply preposterous. Going to talk about that and how Chris Ballard needs to do his job a little bit differently, not like wholesale changes, but a little bit differently in order to get the – desired result, which is you win the AFC South, you go to the playoffs. Let's face it, the AFC South can be had. You got the Texans, really? You got the Jaguars, really? And you got the Titans who are in full-on rebuild mode. So let's talk about that. This is Inside Indiana uh, Sports Now with Ken Sterling, a very, very special Optimism Wednesday edition brought to you by the great people at my bookie. My bookie, man, you use promo code Kent, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. Your first deposit matched 50%. How about that? Kidding me? We have moved from football season to basketball season. If you know basketball, put some money behind it. Invest behind that rapier wit and that that crazy ability to prognosticate who's going to win, who's going to lose. Nebraska tonight, a one-and-a-half-point favorite 
at Assembly Hall? Are you kidding me? Tommy Naga, he ain't that good. Give me Indiana. I'm taking the points. This Indiana basketball, damn it, and that starts tonight. All right. Uh, hit the subscribe prompt. Hit that. That's right there on the screen. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to Two Big Brains. Great show by Dan Dockage today on Indy Sports Ticket 1430 from noon to 3 every single day. Just awesome. And you know what? Hit the like button because it's the polite thing to do. It's a decent thing to do. I hit the like button for every video I watch. That's what I do. And if you want to make a donation, make a donation. Nice thing to do. Include a question or comment, and we will share it with the class. Let's go. Let's talk about your Indiana Hoosiers who are in action tonight. Yeah, you're damn right. I'm wearing a red sweater. I'm wearing an Indiana basketball T-shirt. We're rocking it. You know why? Because at 830 tonight, Indiana is going to play balls-out basketball for 40 full minutes. They're going to be good tonight. Why do I think that? No rational reason. There's no logic to it. I'm just feeling good. The weather is outstanding in central Indiana and south central Indiana, and I think as a result, people are going to walk into that building, they're going to expect something, and they're going to get it. Make shots. Keep them from making shots. And for God's sake, don't let Tommy Naga beat you. How can Indiana move from where they're at to where they need to go? All right, you know what? Mike Woodson, he might see the loss of Derek Queen. It's, it's being widely speculated that Derek Queen has made his decision and he's going to Maryland. I don't find this problematic. In fact, I find this a plus. This gives Mike Woodson and his staff the opportunity to go out and get somebody else who knows how to play the game of basketball. These Mount Verde guys, they know how to play basketball? Mm -hmm. Do they? Malik Renew doesn't know what a foul is. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Give me an Indiana guy ready to play Indiana basketball the Indiana way. Give me that. And I don't mean an Indiana guy as somebody within the boundaries of the state of Indiana. It could be an Illinois guy. It could be an Ohio guy. It's got to be somebody who's been coached well at the high school level and is going to come to Bloomington knowing how to play the damn game. All right. Uh, and this, Derek Queen, not coming to Indiana, gives Mike Woodson kind of a mulligan and gives him a chance to go get somebody who knows how to play. Go get the next Braden Smith. How's about that? Uh, the pain of losing may outweigh the pain of changing stuff and in disciplining players and staff. Change your staff. Change the way you discipline play. This isn't about hugging. This isn't about, oh, it's going to be okay, Malik. This isn't about what we saw 10 years ago with Thomas Bryant putting his head on Tom Crean's shoulder. No. Are you out of your mind? No. That is not the way you discipline a team to compete at a high level. Please, grow the hell up and, and develop some emotional calluses and let's go compete for 40 minutes a game. Don't be soft. Dan said it today in his show. Nice, weak, right? Being nice is being weak. I think it's, it's something like that. Don't be a nice guy. Be a strong guy and teach your players to be strong too. Uh, Malik Renew, he can't get any less informed about what constitutes a foul. He can't be any less clueless 
Dan said something interesting on his show yesterday when I was in studio. He said that uh, people do not complain alone. They always look for an advocate. They look for somebody who agrees with them. Malik Renew does that every single time a foul is called. He raises his palms up like, what? I did what? And then he goes over to the bench and says, what? I am, what are they saying I did? That's a, that's a foul? Where is that? Yes, knocking someone over is a foul. Do not buy in and do not accommodate that level of ignorance. Teach him what a foul is. He's crying out to learn. Every time he goes like this, what? I, <laughs> Every single time. What he's saying is, please teach me what a foul is, because I clearly don't know. Uh, players scheduled to leave after the season, Xavier Johnson and Anthony Walker. Indiana didn't go miss either guy. They uh, Zero missing of those people. They return everybody else. They add Liam McNeely. I don't know if he can play dead. We're going to find out. He better be able to shoot or put him on the next train out of town, too. That's easy enough. I've heard that he can shoot. All right. So here's what can happen next year. Next year, you add a year. Right now, Indiana is at 1.68 years of experience, according to Ken Palm. On the average, that is 222nd and last in the Big Ten. If you add a year, one year, you get, what, 2.68. That would be, this year, that would be 35th in the country and 3rd in the Big Ten. You can win with that level of experience. So go get that. You lose Walker and Johnson. Been nice knowing you. Let's upgrade from there, and let's go back with the guys who are starting tonight as your starting lineup, and let's go win games because you've got the experience to do it. All right, Gabe Cups and McKenzie and Baco, they've actually made strides. You can see those guys get better. Gabe Cups defended pretty damn well against Boo Booey. I'll give him credit. That was a pretty good defensive performance. He stayed in front of the guy. And Boo Booey can create shots against a lot of people. If Gabe Cups is on Tommy Naga tonight, you got to put Tommy Naga on roller skates on the other side. You're on defense. He's on offense. Whoops. He's on skate. Turn around. He doesn't know what to do because that's what Gabe Cups hopefully is able to do. He can't be that good, right, Tommy Naga? He's an under 40% three-point shooter, but he can get hot and you can't leave him open. You can't look at him in warm-ups and say, how the hell are we going to lose to that guy? It's easy enough to do. Don't buy into that. How about the Colts? Let's talk about what the Colts need to do and what they are going to do. Chris Ballard, even somebody who's intractable in his belief that you have to build from the inside out, is going to look at the track record of that theology in, in building an NFL roster. And he's going to say, I've won one playoff game. Maybe I'm cuckoo. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't think that what I've done in the past has led us to where I believe we need to go and where ownership says we need to go. So I'm going to change the way I think a little bit. I'm still going to value the interior, but we're not going to ignore the exterior. Here's the level at which, from a contract perspective, the Colts and Chris Ballard are ignoring the exterior offensively. Offensively, here's the way it works now, and this is kind of unfair, and I'll grant that because all of the starters on the offensive line are going to return. Okay, And that's not the case. Pittman 
If he comes back, he's not counting right now against the Colts and their salaries. However, what you got, you've got right now, you have $66.35 million in cap space, all right? And, and that's across the entire team. You have the offensive line right now costing $65 million. If you combine the wide receivers and tight ends, all of them under contract, that equals $24 million. That's roughly three-eighths of the amount of money you're spending on the offensive line. If you take all the other offensive positions, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, and quarterbacks, you got $45 million under contract right now. Now, as soon as Michael Pittman Jr. is franchised, as soon as he gets the tag applied to him, he's going to bump that up to even Steven, right? It's going to be $65 million, $65 million. But still, that is, and you've got to sign a backup uh, running back, you've got to sign a backup quarterback, all those things. So it, it's not going to be as wacky from a math perspective as it is today. But right now, $65 million for the O-line and $45 million for everybody else. That's craziness. The defensive line, they don't cost that much, but it's not really altogether that different. Um, like I said, another reason for optimism is you got $66.35 million in cap space. You're going to spend on Pittman about $20 million, we'll say. Kenny Moore, $7 million. Grover, 10 That leaves you $30 million. And then you're going to go and you're going to buy who? You're going to buy, you're going to, oh, you're going to, well, first you're going to cut. You're probably going to cut Mo Ali Cox and save three or 6.5. Probably going to cut Ashton Doolin, I would guess. And, and through doing that, you save a couple of million. And then you restructure Ryan Kelly or Braden Smith. You could restructure. And all of a sudden, you got about $80 million minus that $37 million that you spend on Pittman, Grover, and Kenny. And, and you got a lot of money. You got about $43 million to go shopping with and go get game changers either a cornerback like a guy like Jalen Johnson, how sweet would that be? Then you're in good shape. You get Jalen Johnson, you don't have to spend the 15th overall pick on a cornerback. You can go get a wide receiver who's going to make a difference, and you're going to be able to, let's say, get a safety in the second round. You could trade back, like I've said, trade back to the Bucks. Get 26 and 57. You get two wide receivers. You can get a wide receiver and a safety, and all of a sudden your roster is whole. Chris Ballard, I'm doing all your work for you. Uh, right now, the Colts are the ninth youngest team in the NFL. That's pretty good. They're young, and they're on the come a little bit. Anthony Richardson is going to be healthy, at least temporarily. We hope that the, the health is maintained. You've got the entire defensive line coming back if Grover Stewart is retained. You are really two safeties in a corner away from being mediocre or better at every spot right now, before the draft. That is a pretty good place to be. And if all of a sudden you've got the, the tools available to Anthony Richardson under center or in the, in the gun, right? You've got Jonathan Taylor. You've got Michael Pittman. You've got Josh Downs. 
you have, at least right now, Will Mallory's kind of your guy. Maybe you you bring back from, uh, you know, Jelani Woods from perpetual injury. Maybe he can come back and play. And all of a sudden, you've got a workable offense to go with a defense that with another starting cor- corner and some new safety blood, you got some. You got some some good players at linebacker, and that defensive line is good. You've got one of the best kickers in the NFL. You got a chance to do some real business coming here. And I know, getting way out over my skis, we haven't even gotten to the combine yet, although we're about ready to start that, right? We got about a week before we're going to be at the combine. I think all the workouts are going to start a week from tomorrow. Of course, we'll be there. Of course, we've got the credential. I want to go there. I want to listen to what people have to say, and I want to watch these guys run a little bit. What's wrong with that? I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. Reasons to believe that optimism, real reasons to believe that optimism toward Indiana basketball, Indiana, Indianapolis Colts football, are wise. Then you look at the Pacers, and we aren't even going to touch the Pacers barely today. They got 26 games left this season. I think they wind up winning. They need what do they need to get to uh, 50? They need to win 19 to get to 50. I think they're going to win 16. They're going to go 16 and 10, get to the fourth or fifth seed, and let's go see what happens in the postseason with Pascal Siakam, Tyrese Halliburton. You got some guys. You got some youth on this club. Let's see how deep they can go in the playoffs and what they can learn from this trip to and into the playoffs and then get ready for next year where we don't really even know what the hell that team's going to be. That team, They could add another major piece and all of a sudden be a team to beat in the Eastern Conference. I can't wait for tonight's game. Indiana, Nebraska, you kidding me at Assembly Hall? Mark down the W, 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 I, U. Let's go. It's time. Go play. Go compete.